Season 1, Episode 17 of the Grave Consequences Podcast. The name of this episode was A War Started in Mexico. I am Caleb B, and that is where you can follow me on Twitter. Please follow at Social Suplex, and please follow at X Maserati. We will put his handle in the description because even I can't spell it off the top of my head. Uh, all things considered, Greg, how are you doing today? Now, it is the ninth, but when we drop this, it will be Christmas Eve. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I believe the sound quality for me is up because I got the new mic and we're redoing certain segments of the show that I'm excited about. Nothing too fancy. We're just fixing things that, uh, you know, weren't perfect before. So uh, I'm expecting the mm-hmm. show to get significantly better in quality absolutely <clears throat> absolutely keyword there the only way this gets better is if i move out of bomb f nowhere and get some great internet but that's life uh folks again if you if you want to hear more of my my lovely tones my my melodic tones you can listen to me every wednesday night on eddie and caleb zero cast just search Eddie and Caleb Zerocast, wherever you download your podcast. Last night, we would have dropped The Crow, City of Angels, far and away one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It was short, so that's good, but it was so god-awful. Greg, before we get started, have you ever seen that movie in particular? That's the second one? Yes. I only saw the first one because someone was telling me about, you know, because people always dress up like The Crow on Halloween, and it was just one of those things. No, well, a lot of people dressed up as in the goth scene, I guess, dressed up yeah. as the crow. But yeah, Sting as well. Yeah. You can't really always tell them apart. But <clears throat> yeah, I just remember people would do that. And then eventually I got a job later and someone was like, well, have you seen the movie? And I was like, no, I've never seen the movie. They're like, it's amazing. It's and- not. It's <clears throat> fine. It's very good. It's much. It's not nearly as good as people let on. And I think a lot of the notoriety comes from the fact that a guy got killed. Well, it, it had like Kung Fu in it. And I think yeah. at the time it was probably really good. Um, and I could see the appeal to it because it's got a basic revenge plot. And yeah, but um, I think it, you kind of had to experience it when it came out for it to be really all that great. I, and I've heard the second one's not good in general. Oh, so. It's so awful. So, okay. And the first one, we know Brandon Lee gets shot on set and they forgot to switch out blanks. So Brandon Lee, like, actually died. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh about that, but whatever. Uh, well, Trini from the Power Rangers was in the Crow City of Angels. And in real life, in 2001, she died in a car accident. So in the Crow City of Angels, and she's a bad guy. In the Crow City of Angels, um, the Crow throws her out of a window into traffic. <laughs> now, this was the last movie she ever filmed. This was five years before she died, but it's so weird how how that paralleled her rea- uh, her actual death. Well, I, I thought the rumor was Brandon Lee was killed by the Chinese triads. I mean, how do you forget to? I mean, there should never be live am- ammunition on a set in general. So it's not like you know you take a gun out and you leave it on the ground. Like, okay, we got to remember to get rid of all the bullets we loaded into that gun. Mm-hmm. We got to take them out of the gun. And put the fake ones. In. It's I kind See, of believe that's never story. heard the triad rumor. I've never heard that rumor in particular. But um, I mean, the way I understood it, like they're a gun guy 
left before they were done shooting because like they told their gun guy to go home and they forgot one very key element of the scene they were going to shoot that night because apparently like when they were like well when we can use real bullets like when we're shooting out a wall or a window or whatever we may as well which why does it matter well you shouldn't i mean because you could do other effects that that's just stupid i mean the reason why i say chinese triad is because that's the rumor of bruce lee i mean jackie chan went on the went on a on a uh, podcast or a wrestling or not a wrestling show uh, uh, on a on a Talk radio st- yeah on a radio, on a radio st- yeah and he was saying like it was crazy to him how all Americans think it was like you know he was killed he's like we never we don't hear that over in China it's just he just had like a a brain issue because uh, I have a family member that has something where your brain grows bigger than your skull and mm. I yeah and you know aspirin's a blood thinner. Uh, and he, Bruce Lee took something that killed him. It was like an aspirin or something. So he may have had maybe not that disease, but he might have had something else where the medication he was taking, uh, because they probably just didn't know he was suffering from this issue. He probably thought it was just a headache. He probably had something else happen and he probably died of natural causes because he didn't get, um, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, when a doctor evaluates you and, uh, medical attention, or like they, uh, they find a diagnosis. Out, yes, a diagnosis. Like they probably never diagnosed him with it. So, but the rumor was okay. Bruce Lee died, and then Brandon Lee died, and it's a really stupid reason for him to die. <laughs> I, you can have live ammunition on a set. I'm not a stunt guy. I'm not in Hollywood. I mean, I'm sure you can, but uh, sending your your firearm expert to go home and not checking to see if a, uh, what the gun's loaded with before shooting it at a person. Uh, I, I don't remember what happened, That's but criminal I, negligence at best, dude. Yeah, I'd assume someone got charged with that or should have. I I man, I'll have to look into it, but I'm pretty sure the Lee estate just kind of settled out of court. OK, well, that means someone's but, guilty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, all things considered, though, man, let's let's talk about this episode of Lucha Underground and the very first thing we see is Dario Cueto, El Jefe, in his office. Up comes Alberto El Patron. He wants Tejano. Um, Cueto insists, like, hey, like, no, we can't do that right now. I need some time to promote. How about Alberto versus Ricky Mandel? And he kind of scoffed at that one. And then Cueto said, well, how about Alberto versus Famous B? He really started to get angry. And then he pitches... And I thought, like, man, this would have been pretty good Uh, and probably better than the main event we actually got, in my opinion. But he pitched Alberto El Patron versus Son of Havoc. And Alberto was so angry that he just, like, cleared the desk, knocked everything off, including the Toro Rojo, as it were. That's Red Bull for the uninitiated. Um, (laughs) But then, finally then, Cueto realized, like, oh, crap, he's serious, and, like, he might take another step and hurt me. So let's do Alberto versus Tejano tonight. It's a good main event. Let's do it. So Alberto leaves, and Cueto, like, you know, starts to kind of, you know, get his stuff together, and he picks up the bull, and the way he looked at that bull, like, it spoke volumes, you know? Like, that means something to him. I'm glad you brought it up, because I was wondering if we should keep pointing out everything Dario does because they're going to tell you why it's important to him eventually but yes i mean 
pay attention to what he what he grabs first the bull how important it is mm-hmm. to him um it, El, alberto seems I mean, he was angry but it's he he the way they talk to dario sometimes i don't blame him for fucking them over <laughs> yeah i'll just say that i know they do just completely disrespect their boss man he's the boss you know yeah yeah, that'd be like I wouldn't go into employer name redacted and just mess up their their office space. That wouldn't happen. You you want to know why? Because in real life, I would get fired. Yeah, this is some Hollywood type of stuff where the actor throws a hissy fit and get away with it because they're the top guy. So I I'm not mm-hmm. the top guy where I work, so I can't do that. <laughs> nope. Nope. By the way, the the house band tonight was not Mariachi El, and this one's really hard to pronounce. Amandita. Oh, I didn't catch that. You didn't. You didn't. No. Wow, old Greg here not paying attention. What a shock. Yep. <laughs> oh man, but you know what the first match of the night was, man, and by the looks of things, the best match of the night, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh yeah, You're... far and away the best match of the night. Yeah. Uh, Mil Muertes versus Phoenix. No Katrina. It's not until halfway through. By the way, there was a spot that you and I both noticed. It was a top rope code breaker from Mil Muertes. It was a code breaker. Uh, Phoenix got to the top. And in this match, Mil was way more fast and athletic than he normally is. Like he had some some pep in his step. And he ran over. Yeah, he ran over and jumped into a code breaker. And the way Phoenix landed, it was as if his shoulders hit the knees. So it was almost like a double shoulder breaker, which made it look more painful. It was amazing. Should have finished the yeah. match, baby. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Katrina showed up halfway through. And I really like you can tell Katrina was getting over with the temple because like, you know, they they hooted and hollered when she was atop the steps. Then she got down to the the um, to the ringside. The crowd was chanting for her, which means like, yeah, she's like over, over. Why wouldn't she be? Have you seen her? I mean, well, okay, like, yeah, of course, she's smoking hot. Like, you and I can both agree. Yeah. Um, but that being said, like, even uh, that aside, she has been a well-booked character, even for those fans in the arena who haven't seen her, like, haven't seen the vignettes, because it's to my understanding they like they maybe have seen like one round of uh, tapings at the point when uh, they're at these one round of shows when they're at these tapings. So like they maybe seen a handful of Katrina things, but like the only other things they've seen inside the temple is the stuff she does inside the temple, like in front of them. That's it, and she's already like over like Rover. And I think you can actually thank Mill for that because they're doing a good job without words showing mm-hmm. in the ring that there's something wrong between him and her dynamic, the, yeah. the dynamic. And it, of course, when he puts his hands on her, that makes it more obvious, but uh, Mill yes. does a good job of telling a story uh, without words, with, even while wearing a mask. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of curious and I may have to go back and watch wrestling society X, or, you know, maybe we will down the road, but to see just how good Ricky Banderas was in, uh, or maybe he was El Macias in, Wrestling Ugh. Society X, I can't remember. Ugh. But Judas Macias, I remember being awful. But I'm curious how good he was other like in Wrestling Society X, for example. Judas Macias was such a mess. 
It was <laughs> such a clunky gimmick. Was he a, a Ma- Messias, maybe? I just remember that the whole story was he was picking on um, who's the big guy? Abyss. Abyss, yeah. And Abyss is like a foot taller than him and was yes. acting scared of him. It was kind of like when Yano in New Japan is scared of Delirious from Ring of Honor just because he speaks <laughs> weird words. Uh, it's yeah. it, it was it was hard to buy into, and they both did their best, but it sucked. Yes, I agree. I agree. But after the oh, by the way, Memoritas won with a flatliner on the seal, and while he hit the flatliner, while he had Phoenix in position, and after he hit the flatliner and got the pin, he was staring daggers through Katrina. I would stare at her too. <laughs> Damn it. Didn't know I had Matt Stryker on the line this week. That's nice, dude. Um, Oh, okay. After the match, Katrina gets on top of the uh, apron, as it were. And Milmortes instructs her, like, hey, go give him the lick of death. She shakes her head no. Doesn't say a word, but shakes her head no. She makes her intentions clear. She's not going to do it. Well, Mil is not having this. And at first, the way they cut, I thought he slapped her. He did. He goozled her and just dragged her over the top rope. It was not a, uh, it didn't look too uh, painless, though, the way he grabbed her and dragged her over. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Oh, by the way, uh, and this is key, because of the goozle and everything and just getting dragged over the top rope, she drops the stone. And at this point, uh, you know, when he's got her in the goozle, like, right by the seal and you know what that means when Mil Muertes has someone in position by the seal you know what's coming next but where that could happen Phoenix uh, comes to picks up the stone gets in some offense on Mil Muertes including an initial hit from the stone to the face of Mil Muertes that clears uh, that negates Mil Muertes that like um, neutralizes him and at this point Katrina picks up the stone and gives him the lick of death from Jesus Christ. And I can't believe I wrote this down from the happy trail all the way up. Well, it's accurate. That is what she did. Yes. Like from right below the be- the belly button, like right above the waistband. All well, you know, what's head. what's really gross is that she kissed Phoenix right afterwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That um, Jesus Christ. Christ, you may as well kick her after she snowballed someone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she kissed. Uh, oh my God, she was play, straight up playing tonsil hockey with him. And uh, Phoenix left, and Katrina stood over Mil Muertes. And that was the end of the segment there. By the way, the next segment was a vignette for Conan. And at first, I was like, man, this is really cool. You know, it's got good backing music. By the way, Evil Ways by Blue Saraceno. That uh, was actually AJ Styles' last theme in TNA, for those wondering. And it's just, you know, generic, like, it's stock music. Because, I mean, like, I've heard it on, like, HBO commercials. And I've even heard it in WWE promos before. Like, it's royalty-free. Completely royalty-free. Hell, if we wanted, we could probably use it as our intro, to be honest with you. But (laughs) this venue was cool. But the problem is, it was a vignette for Conan. And it's like, I know Conan's not badass. He can barely walk anymore. Yeah, I don't think you ever really need this kind of vignette for the manager. 
Um, like imagine if Paul Heyman got this. And in and even then it's Paul Heyman. He's kind of a legend in his right. If 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 he were uh not in an act with somebody, like if he wasn't yeah. you know working with Roman or Brock, it would be okay. But as soon as you're a manager with someone, it's kind of mm-hmm. weird. I mean, I there's I don't I'm not a wrestling expert. I mean, I'm sure you I'm not saying you can't. There's no rule that says you can't do it, but it just seems weird. You should be getting the other guy over. Exactly. Exactly. If anything, this should have been a Prince Puma vignette. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. And that's, that's the weird part is it's okay. Well, I think it has to do with the story and it it even says revenge is coming, but it should be Puma's revenge. It's, it's a very weird thing. Uh, Exactly. Like, and yes, Conan will get his revenge, but like by way of Prince Puma. It's very, they have, they leave a lot of trails of like, is, you know, Conan really doing what's best for Puma. And I'm going to be frank. I don't think that ever really went anywhere. No, it didn't. That's a problem. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of why me and Caleb are kind of like, this is weird because it doesn't, since it doesn't pay off, it's kind of like a Vampiro thing where Vampiro starts beef with, you know, everybody. It's, (laughs) if it doesn't pay off, anybody who breathes in the temple. Yeah. If it's not going to pay off. Yeah, and then there's one, there's one, there's another thing to be said about leaving, you know, breadcrumbs that you can go back to. Like even BTE, the elite, they always do that. So sometimes a story isn't really long term. It's just like, oh, you remember that one thing we did? We can tie back to that now, and that and that's okay. But just throwing out a whole loaf of bread every time someone, you know, someone else is in the room is. <laughs> It's too much because it makes you think something's going to happen. And then if, when it doesn't happen. But the next thing we had, we had a Dario Cueto office segment with the trio of Angelico, Ivelisse, and Son of Havoc. Of course, they've had, pardon me, they've had trouble brewing these past few weeks. And uh, Lise comes in and she says, this is BS. I'm the baddest bitch in the building. I should be the number one contender. And... That, that made me chuckle because she's saying I should be the number one contender based on a win she got over Angelico, who I don't think who know who only has one win in the temple against Havoc, a guy who also only has one win in the temple. And her one win came from the assistance of Son of Havoc. And she wanted the title shot. Yeah, she she's like, I should be the number one contender. For Prince Puma's title, I, I remember hearing it. I just remember the thinking, only like, title that's in the company right now, yeah, yeah. That's the weird thing is there's only one title, and she thinks she's entitled to a match. It's fun. It's a funny vignette, yeah. I think. It's, it's just curious. another. It's like a delusional heel, you know. Yeah, it's it's good. It's just it's it's fun to nitpick it because it it makes it even funnier. I think. Yeah. Oh, and uh, <laughs> I mean, it was fine because. Uh, Cueto sees, sees trouble brewing, and he decides, you know what? We're going to do a rematch here. We're going to do Angelico versus Ivelisse. And Son of Havoc, he can't interfere because he will be the ref. So next week, we've got Son of Havoc as the special ref between Ivelisse and Angelico. And I like that when Angelico left, at first, he didn't get the door. And Cueto said, the door, the door. <laughs> I do like that. Small I, did you... detail, but I mean, like, small detail, but I'm sure there's a reason, you know? Well, did you, I sent you a screenshot of my notes, and I, I had written down uh, son, son of oh, Cuck. Oh, son of, you, son of Cuck, yes. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was great. 
Because Dario uh, said, I believe the I, Spanish would say, I believe the Spanish would say, El hijo del cuck. <laughs> well, I, I put that down because uh, El, uh, El Jefe said at one point, he's like, I hope you're better at controlling the, you know, what happens in the ring more than you. Controller, yeah. Yeah. As, as well control as she controls her you. on the inside. Like, she, yeah. Control her on the inside as well as she controls you on the outside. Yeah. And he, he just rolled his eyes on him. He just punked him out, like, in oh front of Oh, my his... God. It was great. Because he did. He did. He it did. was great. It's like Ivelisse pulled him out. Ivelisse pulled Son of Havoc out of the office by the beard. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's great. That's why I changed <laughs> his name. That might be the best segment of the uh, of the episode. That's good because it's not been my had, episode. No, it's not been a very good episode for sure. I, I mean, like the episode of Lucha Underground. Like this, hell, we're doing great. This is a 10 out of 10. If I could rate our episodes, each episode probably gets at least a nine. Oh, I feel like I'm doing terrible. <laughs> oh, shut up. Get over yourself with this false modesty, Greg. I don't need to hear that. You're playing through a flu or something. I can hear it when you cough every time. I'm um, going to be uh, editing a lot of my stuff to make myself, myself sound a lot better. <laughs> yes. Hell yeah, you are. But don't edit that out. Um, <laughs> no, just the really bad parts. Next up. Ah, oh, hell, don't worry about it. Next up, Prince Puma is in the back hitting a heavy bag, hitting and kicking a heavy bag. When Alberto comes in, basically, like at first it's like, is he just coming in here to harass him? But it's like, it kind of turns into a motivational speech. But at the same time, you got to remember like, while yes, Alberto is on the right side or the good side of the good-bad dichotomy, he's still a dick. Mm-hmm. But... He does, you know, he says like Puma, like when you got Cage coming up, you got to be aggressive. And he also says, pay close attention to Conan, which uh, Jesus Christ, like they are laying it on thick. Like they're basically they may as well be saying like Conan is a snake. Yeah, and I which Vampiro has, I'm sure he has. And I I completely forgot about the segment. And I just did that whole uh, spiel about how they forgot about it because it was an Alberto segment, I would assume. It's, he's actually my one of my favorite parts of this episode. That's the sad part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh this is this is not a good episode. Um whereas last week's was really good, this is quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, Alberto says like, "Hey, I'm coming for you. If you if you keep that title, I'm coming for you." So maybe we have a Prince Puma and Alberto match to look forward to down the line. Um oh, by the way, the next match, the second match of the show, is Sexy Star against Big Rick. And the winner receives a three-on-one handicap match against the crew. And I believe that match is going to be next week. I, I They didn't really clarify. But all that being said... Oh, by the way, before the bell rang, Vampiro said something very sexist towards Sexy Star. Or about Sexy Star. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's like, Hey, what are you doing? Like, you're, you're stepping on Striker's gimmick right now. Um... I don't remember what he said about her. I think it was it wasn't like jump off the obviously it was jump off the page because I I put it in my notes, but I can't remember what the quote was. But like, yeah, it came off a little chauvinist. You know what I'm saying? Do you remember what it was sort of like? Honestly, I I can't remember right now. Mm. Yeah, because I took down notes for the entrance. Now, first of all, to point out like. I didn't know the reward for this was a, was a handicap match. <laughs> you didn't realize that? I, I I'll, I'm I'm not gonna lie, man. This isn't my most uh, 
this isn't one of the storylines or feuds I'm most interested in. Um, <laughs> Don't blame you. Uh, so I, I, like I, I'm interested in I'm interested in the Big Rick versus the Crew angle, but like Sexy Star just kind of feels tacked on, you know. I just don't. She seems kind of stupid wanting to compete against Big Rick for a for a handicap match. Yeah, um, you will find that again. I've said before that Sexy Star, sort of like Cap and Infinity War, fighting against Thanos. Uh, no, she's actually worse. She's basically like if Captain America, a lowly Captain America, if pre Super Soldier Serum Steve Rogers tried to fight Galactus. Like, yeah it's that bad it's 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 not brave she it's just is, stupid delusional she almost is by far the dumbest baby face in lucha underground history and that's uh, no yeah, yeah she is kind of a high bar she um, is i think i can't think of anyone yeah. stupider um, well no she is but i'm just saying like i'm trying to think of who comes close and like probably prince puma <laughs> Of yeah. things that will happen down the line. And even then, he's not that dumb. It's just, you know... Things happen that were out of his control, as it were. He, yeah, you, you you didn't see it, but he... Because he's a, he's a warrior, honest warrior, so when people will honor trick him, uh, it's not like he's distracted and rolled up. It's, you know, someone cheats, the ref's not looking, and, you know, he pays for it, or, or the <laughs> ref is crooked or something so uh yeah she's she's kind of i i like her too and that's the funny thing is i i do like her because she's willing to get in these stupid situations <laughs> yes so it's entertaining yeah. and she came out in her like queen's uh queen's quest gear if you uh watch stardom she had that big nice jacket with the stars on it the le- leather jacket um that looked pretty cool but then the the outfit underneath of it was camo so it was like a weird mismatch of like uh the appearance like the because the rope looked like it was like all black with stars on it and then she took it off and it was like ammo camouflage gear so it was just like all right okay two different things and even vampiro was like oh i like the camo and it's like of course you do of course yeah no this match was um jesus christ this was a nothing match here but i you know i did like the finish though because he pinned her. Yeah. You don't, <clears throat> you don't see this in wrestling too much. And I think I've praised it with leverage and weight. He just holds her down. He just puts all his weight on her he shoulders and physically held her down. By the way, he didn't sell he didn't sell a single punch or he sold like one kick she did because it was like right to the kneecap, but that's it. Like she came in overpowered, outmanned, outgunned. Like there's nothing she could have done. She was not gonna win this fight. It's like when she came in, she's like she's like Yo soy sexy star, y este es jackass. <laughs> it, it's it's a good. I mean, the match was nothing. You're right. It, but normally in an intergender match, they will have the girl kick out of everything. And yeah, like if if Josh, for example, Josh is uh, six foot one, six foot two. If he were to yeah. pin me, I'm five Wait, six. Are we talking heel? Are we talking heel, Josh number one? I think they're the both tall. Boy? Aren't they both tall? Yes, they are. Either one, either one. I'm five six. I'm 145 pounds. Uh, if they, nice. if I'm on my back and they hold me down with all their weight and put their hands directly on my shoulders, 
I'm not going to get my shoulders up unless I move their arms, like unless I'm trained in some kind of ground grappling and I know how to, you know, adjust their arms to, to get my shoulders free. She couldn't yeah. do that. Uh, and I really do like that, uh, that, that attention to, it's not even really attention to detail. They, they kind of luckily did something that I liked or stumbled yeah. upon it. But you know, yeah. my, my problem. And if I'm, if I'm, I've already said two things that could be faux pas. So I'm just going to go for it. Uh, the thing I don't like about intergender wrestling is that you'll never see the guy strike the girl, really, for the most part. Sometimes you do, mm-hmm. and it's a big yeah. deal. But a lot of them will go through a whole match where the guy just stands there waiting for the next move. Oh, dude. Yeah. Like, I, okay, I'll give you an example. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I will give you an example of um, some intergender, like, man-on-woman violence. That like this got this was a huge deal in the arena. Um, it was Extreme Rules 2019. Not not a good time for WWE, but but it was a mixed tag main event. It was Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans against Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. And Baron Corbin hit end of days on Becky Lynch, and the crowd went fucking insane. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was wild, dude. And then Seth Rollins was also incensed, and that led to the finish, and Seth won, and blah blah blah. Yeah, it's it's, and I don't have a problem with intergender matches because I, they, there's there's going to be more in Lucha Underground, and some of them are pretty mm-hmm. good, you know. Yeah. And it's just, I and I think I've said this before. I don't like spotty wrestling. Like if I can tell the guy is helping the other guy or waiting for the other person to do a move, or yeah. you know helping them through the move, I don't like it. Like I like the first match yeah. with Mill because Mill will make it. He, he's at one point he's just slamming Phoenix's face into the apron, or he's just mm-hmm. like throwing or just smashing knees into his back. It's like little things that make it look like an actual fight. Uh, and with intergender wrestling, usually it just it just looks like a play. Like ba- it looks well, yeah, like it looks ba- like gymnastics. Yeah. Exactly, and, I, and that does nothing for me. And you know, yeah. I do like some gymnastic in the group chat a while ago uh, for rich i posted the corkscrew the springboard corkscrew toxic rana <laughs> you can yeah it's, dude. it's it's it sounds crazy and it and i've watched it 10 times and i don't know how this dude did it it doesn't seem physically possible but i can like stuff like that too but a lot of the intergender matches is just spot okay now i'm waiting for you to do this spot okay now i'll wait for you to do this spot this match even though it was bad it was a nothing match you know it did they didn't do that she tried her moves, they bounced off, and he just used his weight and leverage and pinned her. And <laughs> considering it's Lucha Underground, and since you know all the stuff they're going to do in the future, for this to be more realistic than other matches and other promotions mm-hmm. says a lot. Yes. Absolutely. It really does, man. Um... I apologize in advance if I got us canceled. but <laughs> Hell, dude, don't worry about it. I don't I don't participate in cancel culture, so it's well, no big you're deal. not the one that's going to cancel the show. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. We'll uh, we'll issue a we'll, we'll issue an apology tweet. It's not a big deal. Um, well, before the main event of the night, we had a vignette for Alberto El Patron and by God, it went forever. Like most of the vignettes are like a minute. This was like four Oh, the one about him and his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of liked it, but obviously it didn't affect me much because I completely forgot about it. 
Yeah. They're they're hyping. Wow, uh, you forgot about something involving Alberto. What a shock. Yeah, and it's just they're really pushing him. And yes, they are. And it's a mistake. Well, you, I, uh, I don't want to be a dick, but I think the problem is that uh, he's feuding with Te- Tejano. That's not helping either. Uh, yeah. And, and, and like I said earlier, I actually kind of like when I first watched this, when it first came out, I didn't like him in, on the show. Yeah. But I actually kind of like his character. He's a dick and he's just stirring shit up and it's kind of entertaining. But one, mm-hmm. he's feuding with Tejano. And two, it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. After no. season. It's it's it, Alberto. He's he's like a speed bump for Lucha Underground. Like he comes in, he goes. Oh, I mean, spoiler alert, folks. He's not going to be in the show after season one. And I don't like the way he leaves. Yeah. Uh, but well, yeah, it's kind of yeah. But they didn't know he was leaving at the time. That's the problem. I think he did. they lost him between seasons. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah, I think he knew like. His whole game, the whole time, I'm pretty sure, was just get back to WWE. Every time he gets fired from there, that's his whole game. Is like, okay, do what I have to do for however long, and then get back to WWE. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that ship has sailed now. Uh, yeah, I think uh, post punching the the Ninja Turtle for Page is he's been mm-hmm. done. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure isn't he like in prison right now? The last picture I, I saw, the last thing I saw was a mugshot, and he looked coked out of his gourd, so mm-hmm. he might be. It's possible. Or, like, he was at least charged with something. He's always but... charged with something. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, um, <laughs> you're not. Uh, main event freaking sucked. Um, <laughs> I really don't have much to say. I really don't. That's the problem. <laughs> it was yeah, so I... boring. It might yeah. be the most boring main event we've ever had. What you had, and I did like parts of it, uh, but I will be honest that I was, while I was watching the show, I was trying to do other things. And mm-hmm. it's it, w- it was kind of refreshing to see a different style of wrestling because this was like wrestling wrestling. It wasn't like luchador. Yeah. And, you know, it's and I said it before on the one show, like it's two big guys, like they're noticeably bigger than everyone else. So there's more impact. It feels like a fight. Uh, yeah. But it's kind of like a, uh, I would compare it to like a Jeff Jarrett versus uh, Ken Anderson match, like, <laughs> right? Like it's it's just uh, regular wrestling moves, two big guys, you know. It's very it's it's not very uh, innovative, good. not very good, not very innovative. I don't like Tejano. Um, and you know what? It was a fuck finish, kind of. Yeah. So, okay, by the way, one aside, because um, me and my friend, we watched the crap out of the first season of Lucha Underground, my friend Will and I. Um, anytime Alberto, and he didn't do it in this match, but when he does the step up in Zaguri to like pin his opponents, you're familiar with it, right? Yes. And I don't know why, but this always popped me, because he called the sweet shit. <laughs> like, That's awesome. It is, I mean, or he'd say, oh, right in the mush piece. And that, like, got me, too, for some reason. But that's just some uh, reminiscing on simpler times, as it were. But, yeah, there was a fuck finish, though, man. Yeah, it's not a bad, and I'll I'll be I'll be uh, clear that it's not a bad match, but it's kind of like a, a boring Nick Aldis match. Oh, God. Ma- 
that's what I would compare to. And, I, and I've liked some of the Nick Aldis matches with Cody. And even, I think, mm-hmm. maybe one of Tim Storm and James Storm. Uh, yeah. But some people have to be in the ring with the right people. It was kind of like Okada versus Yujiro. Mm-hmm. It's just the two guys do not... They're, they're wrestling perfectly fine, but it's just not doing anything for you. It's not a it's yeah. not a match you're going to show to a, f- a friend to get them into wrestling. It's you're going to hide it. <laughs> you're going to no. like skip it. If anything, that's a match you show someone who like you decided like oh they watch too much wrestling. I need to give them an intervention to get them out. This is a match that you show them. Yeah, I could. It would bore the shit out of them. Uh, it's again, it yeah. just doesn't. They, they you know what they should have had? They should have had uh, Alberto versus. Uh, maybe Son of Havoc like earlier. That would have been better. Hijo he, del Cuck. I agree. Or against uh, Ricky. Uh, uh, Mandel. Mandel. Like even a squash match would have been better. These two guys' styles don't make each other look exciting. I agree. I agree. Um, if anything, I think we could have done like like you said. We could have done without this match. And they're gonna they're gonna get more hardcore down the line. And that match, I remember being better, but you could have just done done a squash match for Alberto, and then had Tejano come in and sneak attack him. And that way, you build up their first and only encounter in the temple. Thank God. Yeah, this is it's a you know it's 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 always bad to have like a DQ finish nowadays because there's so much wrestling out there. And yes, it's unfair for me to compare it to wrestling nowadays, but that's when I'm watching it uh, <laughs> right now. So I, I, you know, we just had the big thing with AEW and TNA. Like it's just mm-hmm. this is a very Impact, boring match. Sir. Impact, sorry. <laughs> Global <laughs> Force Wrestling and uh, AEW. No, no, it's Impact. <laughs> it's the uh, gold uh, uh, multi-level yeah, the, uh, marketing the, uh, by uh, Jeff Jarrett. The, yeah. the... the... The Ponzi scheme by the king of the mountain. Um, <laughs> That's why they call him that. He's the king of the multi-level uh, marketing mountain. Oh, Jesus Christ. The king of the multi-level marketing match. How do you win that? Uh, is it... Oh, you it's win the first one to by, enter. You, okay, you have to... Okay, here's the thing. You have to pin an opponent, and then you have to sell something. You have to sell the product to a friend. That's how you win. No, I'll tell you how you win. It's a rumble format where there's like 24 to 30 people. You okay. pin somebody and you get points every time they get points every time they pin, but you get a portion of their points and it trickles down. <laughs> so the person with the most points at the end wins. They're the king of the mountain because they get the yeah, most points. Amazing. So you just <laughs> get the first pin is what you're saying. Well, that person has to get pins though. So if you pin, okay. if you pin Ricky... If you pick uh, pin Ricky Mandel, he's not going to get you more more sales, more pins. Okay. You 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 yeah, want to pin like a Mil Fortes, like Pentagon, for example. Yeah, there you go. It's it's just like multi level marketing. You like you don't want to get just a lot of people to sell. You want to get a lot of people that that can sell other people to sell. <laughs> Folks, Thanks. be prepared for the twenty one multi level marketing Royal Rumble. <laughs> Dude, I think we just invented a new match that's terrible. <laughs> we invented the best match of the new millennium, sir. I would like to see it now because, like, it, it would probably even be something you could do, like a tournament. Multiple I shows. agree. Oh, by the way, do not edit any of this out. I want this kept in. This is amazing. 
oh, well, we have to keep it in so I get credit if anybody steals it. <laughs> hey, like if anyone, like I've always said, like when I share my my ideas on the airwaves, I'm literally begging for someone to steal it. So like, feel free as far as I'm concerned. Who is it that always argues about who created the ultimate X match? Uh, Disco Inferno says he created the thing. And who's the who's the other person that says that they created it? Uh, maybe Don Callis. I can't remember. I think you're right. I think you're right. So this is going to be my ultimate X, and I'm going to be beefing with someone that says, "Oh, I created it." Like, no, I'm sir. I'm pretty sure on Lucha or on Grave <laughs> Consequences episode 17, Maserati brought up and created the first multi-level marketing uh, match. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I can't wear this to drop. Um, oh, by the way, uh, Alberto lost by DQ when he hit Teano with the bull rope. DS times, by the way. That means is... 10 for those of you who don't know basic Spanish. Um, <laughs> you want to know something terrible? We're not done here. I do, yes. I think the best parts of this show have been the, the uh, Crow segment yeah. <laughs> and yep, the multi-level yep. marketing. <laughs> Hey, man, I don't care. Like, whatever puts more meat on the bone of this show, it's no big deal. I, I don't care, man. We go, like, 30 minutes talking about Lucha Underground, so if we want to put some more meat on the bone, that's fine. We're not going to run four hours, dude. I think we need to probably have an episode where we don't talk about another franchise for 20 minutes. <laughs> Oh, I would agree. I would agree. This may be our this might be our best episode as it turns out. Um folks, we're not done here. El Jefe's in his office. <laughs> King Cuerno's in there. And he's dressed as a whole ass cowboy. Second cowboy on the show. Second whole ass cowboy on the show, yeah. It's time uh, for some by cowboy the way, that's not shit. A one-off either, like that is that is King Cuerno's like street gear throughout the entire series is whole ass cowboy. <laughs> he makes it work. He does too. I agree. I agree. Um, Cuer or yeah, pardon me. Um, not Cuerno. Uh, Cueto El Jefe determines that you know you guys fought all over the arena, so we are going to. Keep you guys locked up next week. We're going to put you inside a steel cage. And at that point, King Cuerno promises, like, I'm going to beat the crap out of Mundo. And after the match is over, put his head on your wall. And that got a big old smirk from El Jefe. He likes violence. Oh, my God. He loves violence. I agree. Um... <laughs> All right, um, one out of ten. How are we rating the show? I'm gonna give it a five because it. We keep saying bad, but that's I think in comparison to other lucha shows, uneventful. Uneventful. There's nothing inherently wrong about it. Like we're nitpicking it uh, because we're pointing out why it's not as comparable to other shows that we've given like sevens and eights. Uh, mm. But on paper, there's really like I, no one's wrestling wrong. There's no botches. It's just. It's not a terrible story. Someone's not getting buried. That shouldn't get buried. It's just meh. It's mid. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. I'm going to say five and a half. Um, I did get, and honestly, that extra half point might come 
from the vignette just by just because they used a good song. See, I thought you were going to say because of the Phoenix match, but I I kind of take away points for putting that at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say if anything, like that match should have closed the show. If the show was just that match, it would have been like a seven. Yes, I agree, man. And spoiler alert, because we're not going to get it, but. If they ever did a full episode that was just one Iron Man match with Phoenix and Mil Muertes, uh, that would have been probably amazing. Uh, isn't that Grave Consequences? I don't think they get the whole episode. I guess we're going to find out. I could be wrong, but I, I really don't think they got the whole episode. Um, <laughs> but... Guys, uh, we, we've had a blast, even though most of the fun we had was talking about the crow. And a <laughs> as uh, as of present recording time, yet to be realized match, multi, multi-level marketing match, by the way. Um, even though we had a blast mostly doing that, we did have a great time. And we thank you for listening. And as always, remember that, you know, despite what anyone else may say, we are the true ace of podcasts. Folks, we are not alone here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. There are plenty of other great shows on here. None as great as ours, of course. But we have on this lineup a bivvy of great shows, including 8-Bit Suplex, Suplex, hosted by Sandy Gaviria and Josh McLaughlin, even though he hates me for some reason. We also have All Things Elite, hosted by Austin S. and my boy, my fellow Oki, Floyd Johnson Jr. Again, that's all things elite. That covers AEW, and it does it in a damn good way. We got Get in the Ring, DJ Cooks, great host. Also, he hosts a show called The Great Match Generator. And I believe uh, once or twice you've been on that show, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Greg? I was on the first one. We've also got Grown Men Watch This Shit. Again, that's James Vanderbeek and Chris Bryant. Two great guys, in my opinion. Another show. Uh, New Japan-centric, Keeping It Strong style, hosted by Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh Smith. A couple of great guys, in my opinion. Lo- loads of great people on this network, if you if you notice the theme. Also, of course, we got the OGs of Social Suplex. We got One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd, every Sunday on the network. We've also got the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Last but not least, I love those guys. They're my homies from Scotland. Ricky, you are one handsome devil, and you guys put on a great podcast. And always remember to listen to the Grave Consequences podcast, or there will be Grave Consequences.